Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. How about that? Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Quite frankly, I never found that particularly profound until recently because they're trying to make everybody scared, so scared of Trump, right? Oh, boy, he's a monster. They tried this in 2016. It didn't work. They're trying it again. I guess if they say it louder, even more outlandishly, they think it's going to work. And they are getting uh, pretty out there. We start the fourth hour with the latest dangerous fascist rhetoric from Donald Trump. On Wherever South- he's getting those, those words, the sources come straight from 1930 fascists. It's... it's- just so un-American. Nothing manly about undermining American democracy. I mean, I study the breakdown of democracy, and I don't know how to say this more clearly. We are sleepwalking towards authoritarianism, and we are literally walking towards a world in which Donald Trump is going to consolidate power, politicize the rule of law, and break down democracy one day at a time. He's, he's and I think that's- a very cruel person. It, it's not a debate. And the only thing between us and the democracy ending, quite frankly, is Trump losing or winning. He, if he wins, our democracy ceases to exist. <laughs> Over the top, anybody? Now, this is basically any day when you're watching mainstream media, but they need new stuff to react to, right? So uh, this is it. This is what they say set them off, right? Something that Hitler would say. Hmm. We pledge to you that we will root out the communists, Marxists, fascists, and the radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country, that lie and steal and cheat on elections, and will do anything possible. They'll do anything, whether legally or illegally, to destroy America and to destroy the American dream. I agree with him. A lot of that stuff is actually happening. Look, he's going into a bit more detail about draining the swamp. All right. You're allowed to talk about draining the swamp. And, you know, there are some really strange people there, like this person in the Pentagon who seems to be in total cahoots with Iran. Are you following this? Now, they say that Donald Trump is like Hitler. He's using the same words that Hitler used. Well, 
Hitler used the word chair, okay? I sit in a chair. That doesn't make me right, you see. But they don't stop, do they? Yeah, is this a problem? I guess it is. Nobody has any idea where these people are coming from. And we know they come from prisons. We know they come from mental institutions, insane asylums. We know they're terrorists. Nobody has ever seen anything like we're witnessing right now. It is a very sad thing for our country. Uh, it's poisoning the blood of our country. Uh, it's so bad. And people are coming in with disease. Reverend Al. God. Poisoning the blood of our country. Uh, your friend Jonathan Greenblatt at ADL rightly called that out. Where have we heard that before? Again, it's just straight fascism. It is straight fascism. It's straight racism. It's uh, this whole idea of of uh, having a pure race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just straight fascism. How huh? Joe Scarborough? What's with that voice? It's amazing, all this stuff coming from these guys, especially Al Sharpton, an out-and-out racist who actually boycotted Asian grocery stores earlier in his career because they were Asian. Yeah, he had a problem with Asian people. Anyway, this is nonsense. We know Trump. They're panicking. They're trying to create. Well, it's not working. This has nothing to do with race, by the way, what Donald Trump said. Who remembers this moment during the Republican National Convention in 2020? One of the most beautiful political images I've ever seen. Donald Trump helping to swear in new citizens to the United States who came from all over the world. And you know what's beautiful about that? They came here legally. And when you come here as an adult, you take that citizenship oath, you got to pledge that you're going to pick up arms to defend America if called upon. These people are great. It's not about race. It's about things like this. People coming into the country, and we have no idea who they are, where, what they're bringing with them. This is a crisis, and it's obvious. And, you know, anytime somebody brings up blood, right, not talking about it literally, all right? Democrats do it, okay? It's okay. The nation has a, has a lifeblood. It's being undermined by this, but it's okay to talk about blood. It doesn't mean you're eugenics or whatever. Babies in our blood, but John and I believe that all is all about fighting for working and middle class people. I'm from Brooklyn. It's in our blood to sniff out bull. Oh my goodness, what a racist comment. And of course not. People talk like that. It's okay. And what's happening at the border, the total anarchy down there, it's fine. This is what we're dealing with. I mean, you can talk in these terms. But you can't talk in these terms. Listen to the fake news. Praise Joe Biden. Praise his performance. And they're like, well, of course, if, you know, Trump's the nominee, uh, I'll vote for him. I'm not going to vote for the Democrat. I'm not going to vote for Biden. Like, of course, we could have that argument on why in the world wouldn't you talk for, you know, vote for Biden, the, the best foreign policy president since George H.W. Bush. And. The guy that's had more successes, bipartisan-wise, uh, my God, you'd have to go back to maybe LBJ for, for a Democrat to be that successful. Bill Clinton, LBJ. I mean, so. It's uh, that they're hallucinating, right? Or they just think the people are really, really stupid. Or they're so smart they're stupid because this show is geared toward the, uh, the Beltway set and the Manhattanites. Can we see an example of Joe Biden's great foreign policy success? This is what he'll be known for, right? Losing Afghanistan. 
He kept on saying LBJ, greatest president since LBJ. You want to see LBJ broken down in office? A war spiraled out of his control. He left the White House a broken and defeated man. That does sound actually something like uh, like Joe Biden. <laughs> All right. There's also this. And it's important just to remind ourselves just how much the media are lying because you and I can see through it. Regular people can't. They actually trust these folks. This week, Trump told us exactly what he has planned if he were to be reelected. The former president telling Univision he would use the Justice Department to go after his enemies. Trump continues to be very outspoken about his plans, if he is reelected, to complete what he started on January 6th, to end American constitutional governance as we know it. Once again, we started this week with a report that the former president is preparing to use the Justice Department to prosecute his political foes. That's what Joe Biden is doing right now. And they're so terrified that Donald Trump might do what Joe Biden is doing right now. They're not terrified about what's happening right now. President Trump, by the way, has been lamenting that this is happening and laments that it could happen under another administration because, you know, the standard has been set. This sequence you just saw, you might have missed it. Very interesting. The very first person there, the anchor woman, that is Alicia Menendez. Now, her father is the Senator Menendez from New Jersey. Yeah, the one who's being prosecuted for alleged corruption. He's a Democrat. He was the head of the Foreign Relations Committee. And Democrats hate him. Obama hates him. Biden hates him. He didn't want to go into that horrible Iran nuclear deal. And they've never forgiven him. So I could totally see in this environment the Justice Department being unleashed on him. We gotta be able to find something on him, right? We're the boss, not him. I think more and more that's the way it works, right? Prove me wrong, Donald Trump locked up, mugshot, four different jurisdictions going after him for nothing. This is the world we live in. And yes, he laments it. He doesn't think it's right. They took this and they cut it and they spliced it and they made everybody try to think something else. You can't do that. You can't go after people. You know, when you're president and you, you've done a good job and you're popular, you don't go after them so you can win an election. They've done indictments in order to win an election. They call it weaponization. And the people aren't going to stand for it. But, yeah, they have done something that allows the next party. I mean, if somebody, if I happen to be president and I see somebody who's doing well and beating me very badly, I say, go down and indict them. Mostly, what that would be you know, they would be out of business. You see, it's a theoretical, it's a hypothetical. He said the people won't stand for it. It's wrong, but that's what they're doing. So he conceivably could do the same thing, but it's wrong. And that's clear. We've been watching him. We know where we're coming, where he's coming from, and we know where they're coming from. The enemy of the people. That was so apt. It wasn't outrageous. It was totally perfect. And it was great. And I have to do this one more time. Vivek Ramaswamy, to call them out right to their face was a beautiful thing. And to see the admission of guilt live on television. Do you remember? Christian, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you in the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. That big smile. Let me translate this big smile, all right? What she's saying with her smile and those teeth, 
It was made up Hillary Clinton disinformation, okay? They got caught. There's never been an admission. There's never been a, an apology or a correction. Just it keeps on going. And the lies do keep on going. You know, we have seen horrific anti-Semitism on our streets, right? In those big Sunday shows yesterday, no mention. No mention of anti-Semitism. Anti-Jewish anti violence that is happening on the streets of this country all over the place. This looks like an insurrection. People went crazy. Pro-Hamas, pro-terrorist uh, demonstrators, sometimes rioters taking to the street, beating up on Jewish people. It has happened. Yet, well, we're just supposed to uh, not acknowledge it because why not? Why not? I think why this is happening is, yes... Not only are those people anti-Semitic, the media, deeply, it's in their core. And talk about the lack of proportionality. January 6th, does anybody remember this, right? This footage, this is shortly before Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed, right? And this is supposed to be the worst thing that ever happened. Well, just the other night, Friday night, Grand Central Terminal, the biggest train station in the world, in the heart of New York City, this was happening. And you know, the doors and the windows, it kind of reminded me of, yeah, January 6th. Something like 20,000 people weren't able to get home in time. It, it, it was a big hassle here in New York. But you see, right? You didn't hear about one. The one happened on Friday. But January 6th, 2021, federal investigations, this committee, that committee, it's not over yet, right? The report. Huh? It's something, isn't it? It really is. So... Later this week, President Xi will be visiting the United States, but not in Washington, D.C. He's going to San Francisco to meet Joe Biden. Meet Joe Biden in San Francisco. Joe has got to go to the other side of the country because, well, it's a bit more convenient for President Xi to go to San Francisco, a little bit closer to China. And I don't know, but the optics of it are not good for us. You go to see the president of the United States when you're President Xi at the White House. You don't meet him in some city like this. Maybe it's a city that President Xi thinks will be his someday once China invades, which sadly is, is not beyond imagination. It could happen. And I don't trust Joe Biden to represent America well, do you? He is weak. He's always ingratiating himself. Look at the big smile on his face. Every time, a huge smile when he's meeting with our adversaries, right? Just one, it's like he's voting or getting people to vote for him in Dover, Delaware, right? Hi, it's bigger than this. It's bigger than him. He can't handle it, and neither can his national security advisor. Can you give us the, the latest on the negotiations or if there are negotiations still underway regarding the hostages? Well, first of all, thanks for having me, John. And I have to be careful about what I say publicly on this because it is, of course, a delicate and sensitive negotiation. All right. So you know what he should do? He should stay home. He goes on these TV shows with we nothing not to say. You know why he goes on these shows? It's a commercial for future business opportunities. This is about him, not America, going on these shows with nothing to say. Uh, he's the National Security Advisor. His name is Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor, NSA. What does it stand for? Yeah, National Security Advisor. You know what he is, actually? Let's call him this. He's an ND 
A, <laughs> National Destruction Advisor, because we are being destroyed. Not John Carl, but the guy to his left. Yeah, him, uh, the National Destruction Advisor. I mean, look at it. Every, in every possible way, internationally, domestically, we are failing. We're going down. And he's a co-conspirator. So who do we trust? Trump or Joe when it comes to China? This says so much, and I'm kind of proud of it. We went through the record and we found, well, how does each man handle China? And it looks like this. I have many people from China that I do business with. They laugh at us. They, they feel we're fools. You know, they're getting away with absolute murder. China's a great nation. And we should hope for the continued expansion. Tough I don't want to lose $300 billion a year to China when we can't afford to build schools for our children, when we can't afford to build highways, when we can't afford to build railways, okay. when we can't afford to build bridges. I want money to be invested in jobs and in this country. I don't want to rebuild China. A rising China is a positive, positive development, not only for China, but for America and the world writ large. It was China's fault. And China is going to pay a big price what they've done to this country. China is going to pay a big price what they've done to the world. This was China's fault. And just remember that. 554,064 American dead from COVID-19. A lot of families want to know how this happened, how it got here. Have you had a chance to speak to any of your international partners, any of uh, President Xi, who I know you go way back with? Have you had a chance to ask him if these reports are true, that China maybe misled the world at the beginning? No, I, I have not had that conversation with President Xi. Thank you. So what's the conversation going to be like on Wednesday in San Francisco when Joe Biden meets with President Xi, huh? You think he's going to strongly advocate our interests, right? Or is he going to be polite and accommodating and very hopeful that President Xi doesn't someday have a press conference and say what he really knows about Joe Biden. We are in a far less safe space because of that man in the White House. I'll be right back. All right, America's troops, the finest in the world, right? They should be, well, fighting wars or getting ready to fight wars. Peace through strength, although, uh, gosh, haven't seen a lot of peace lately. Anyway, they have their hands full. Do you think <laughs> the Pentagon needs to be flying around soldiers on our taxpayer money, with our taxpayer money to get abortions? There is a policy in effect that, yeah, uh, pays for the administrative costs, essentially, uh, for soldiers and Marines to get abortions, flying them there taking care of their uh, hotel bills, even their meals. It's totally outrageous that this is happening without our approval. The American people have not approved this. And you know what? You probably know by now I am a big supporter of the senator, the Republican from Alabama, Tommy Tuberville, the legendary football coach who says, you know what? It's the people's call on this one. The pressure on him has been enormous. Uh, I believe he is fighting the good fight. Senator Tuberville, welcome back. How are you holding up? I know they are giving you a hard time. I hope you're not wavering because you are on the right side in this issue. Thank you, Greg. Another week, 
another week of no communication from the White House to the Pentagon. They, they don't want anything to do with, with talking to me because they know that they're wrong. I'm standing up for the taxpayers. You said that's all you have to do. It's against the law to do what they're doing. They went around the Constitution, executive overreach. And again, the American taxpayer, even Democrats, we, it was, there was a poll, Greg, not too long ago, 60% of the Democrats, Republicans, and independents voted for no money, no taxpayer money to be paid for uh, by the taxpayers to abortion. So it's, uh, it is what it is, and I'm, I'm holding strong. Now, we're looking at several avenues, Greg, to make this thing work out, but it's hard to do it when you have no communication from the Pentagon or the White House. Now, again, you are blocking promotions of uh, mostly general officers. Uh, they can happen, but they have to happen one at a time, which is less efficient. They want to send it all up there in a block and have everybody yay or nay, right? That's, that's the way it works. And this is what it looks like in actuality, uh, what you're doing. And you'll notice that they're giving you a little bit of shade in the process. Take a look. Is there an objection? Mr. President. The senator from Alabama. I object. The objection is heard. Mr. President, I ask that it be in order to make the same request with respect to calendar item 48, Major General Heidi Hoyle to be Lieutenant General. Is there an objection? Mr. President. The senator from Alabama. I object. The objection is heard. Mr. President, I ask that, the, that it be in order to make the same request with respect to calendar item 49, Brigadier General Lawrence S. Linton, to be Major General. Is there an objection? Mr. President. The Senator from Alabama. I object. The objection is heard. Yeah, you can tell that they're uh, <laughs> not happy, but you know what? This is the way it's supposed to work. Tell us about the pressure you're getting, um, because you know they're trying to frame this as, well, if you don't support, if you don't rubber stamp these promotions, somehow you're not supportive of the military. Now, I know that's not true, but that's what they're trying to paint you as. Well, uh, again, you know, we're, we're holding steadfast, uh, Greg, but tomorrow, I think, in the Rules Committee, Schumer's sending over a resolution to bypass what I'm doing through the Rules Committee. It had to be voted on in the Senate and after 60 votes. Uh, but uh, I'm here and we've got some Republicans that might vote for it and uh, put it uh, 60 plus and it would pass and and these promotions would uh, would go through. Hopefully that doesn't happen. We're going to continue to fight. Uh, we should not give them a win on this because they have not been told no in three years. They've done everything they possibly want to do, Greg, but we have to stop somewhere. We've got to stop the bleeding and it needs to stop now. Now, I want to show you uh, some Republicans on the floor. Senator Sullivan of Alaska, he's been uh, against you on this. He's a Republican, happens to have been a Marine. That goes for Senator Graham as well. He's been kind of trying to say that uh, you're wrong on this. Joni Ernst is another Republican. But here's the thing. I think that this is a <laughs> their virtue signaling here, right? I mean, part of it is they get to take the Senate floor and brag about having served in the military. And too often, our country over the past couple of years has, I believe, deferred too much to the military. And I'd like to show you, this is Nicole Wallace, somebody who helped sell the Iraq war, you know, the one where there were no weapons of mass destruction. She worked for George W. Bush. Take a look at her. That was Alabama Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville, a man who has never served in the military, much less at the highest levels, claiming that the stresses of doing two jobs in the military for 20 hours a day are no different 
than the job he, quote, did for years, which was the job of a football coach. You know, she never served in the military. And America loves football. And I am learning more and more, sir, seriously, that you, Tommy Tuberville, know more about leadership, more about race relations, uh, more about quality and substance over style than a lot of folks, just about everybody in the media and everybody in the U.S., uh, a lot of people in the U.S. government. And I, uh, you're not... I know you're holding strong, but is any of this getting to you? Because they they come after you with, you know, those cliches, and and they're hoping that you fold. Well, the one thing you have to look at here, Greg, is uh, as Republicans, most of us, we're pro-life, and we're also pro-military. We love our military. And uh, you can do both. The thing about the Democrats is they don't care anything about life. And they really don't care anything about military. Uh, they just use it as a pawn to brag about or use it, it when, when they need it. But they really do not like the military. So uh, it, it is hard. It's, it's hard to every day go through this and hear, hear things that are thrown at you. Uh, but that's the reason I came here. I came here to fight. I came here to fight for this country and the taxpayers. And we're going to continue to do that. That's very impressive, sir, really. And um, I know it's got to be tough. Good luck tomorrow. That rules committee, they're, they're trying to find a way around this. And uh, very impressed. Good luck to you, sir, and, uh, and your family as well. Thank you. God bless. Senator Tuberville, and we'll be right back. Real heroes. Real conflict. Real threats. Real heart. Now, there's a place America gets its news. No agenda. Just the facts. Newsmax. Real news for real people. We can never forget the hostages that are in enemy hands right now. Hamas, hundreds of uh, hostages, some American in the hands of terrorists right now in those horrible tunnels underground in Gaza. Can't believe how many people are just kind of looking the other way uh, when it comes to the hostages, when it comes to anti-Semitism. We cannot. We cannot forget and we cannot stop fighting anti-Semitism. I am shocked it is as prevalent. I guess it was in hiding. It was in hiding all that time. All right, moving on to something else. There is a relatively new governor of Maryland. His name is Wes Moore. He's not been governor for a year, actually, it's just been a matter of months, but the fake news can't get enough of this guy. I wonder why. I have some theories uh, I'll get to in a moment. Well, actually, here's a big part of it. Oprah gave him her stamp of approval from the very beginning. I know that with Wes Moore as your governor, Maryland's best days lie ahead. I met Wes for the first time in 2010 when I interviewed him about his best-selling book. I was so impressed even then by his integrity and his wisdom. He was wise beyond his years. He knew who he was, and he had a vision for who he intended to be. How about that? He knew who he was. He knew who he intended to be. Elect him president! What are you waiting for? All right, Wes Moore, I give you this. He's a, he's a fine-looking man. Um, but I think he may turn out to be a good governor, but too much credit for not enough work. 
As usual, the fake news, they fall in love with somebody, usually for optics reasons. Right here, quite frankly, I think race does have something to do with it. Sorry, but that's the world we live in. Uh, like a lot of other politicians, uh, he's got this down part, <laughs> uh, the ego. I was raised by patriots because I was raised by school teachers. Mm -hmm. I was raised by ministers. Yeah. I was raised by operating engineers. I was raised by people who built this country with their hands. When I first came up to the Bronx, when I was about six years old, because a couple years before that, my father died. You know, I, I first felt handcuffs on my wrists when I was 11 years old. In my case, I'm sitting there in the back of a police car with my friend, and then eventually after you know, a, a, a talk and a lecture, uh, the officer pulls me out of the car, unlocks the cuffs, and lets me go. I didn't join the army because I had a lust or a need to go overseas and fight. Frankly, I joined the army because college is really damn expensive and they were gonna help with that. Can't you just see the fake news swooning? Oh, what a story about him. All these politicians, it's always about them. He's another guy, young man who's already written his own autobiography. Uh, I mentioned the egomaniac part, we saw that. Now he's governor and boy, really into himself. You know. When you're governor, you got to work with coalitions and build a team, right? Watch how he does that. This is a great day for the state. I'm here with the, uh, with the Speaker of the House and the Senate President, and uh, we just had a chance to sign our first bills. Wow. All the work he did with the Speaker of the House and the President of the whatever, right? He'll, he'll never forget what's their name again. I, I didn't even see him in that clip. Yeah, William. Okay. You get the picture? It's all about Wes. Yeah, it's all about Wes Moore, and I have a feeling they don't like it. So here's where the national media comes in, all right? He is uh, this handsome man with a very thin resume when it comes to governing, but he went to the right schools and has that killer smile. So they start putting him on shows, left and right, The View. <laughs> This week with, uh, actually, that's kind of a penalty when you think about it, hanging out with those women. But, you know, all these big national news shows so we can hear more of that story about, uh, I don't know, uh, the handcuffs and uh, the dad in the Bronx and you know, just all about him. All about him, like another politician we know, right? Uh, well, a lot. I mean, look, it's very Obama-esque, a light resume buttressed by a heck of a lot of media support. Now, there were seven people elected governor, new governors, last November. This is the only guy who's getting any attention. Um, take a look at this dude, uh, <laughs> the governor of Nevada. His name, I think, is Joe Lombardo, and he can't get any national press. However, um, this team in Nevada, they give him the time of day, and that's nice. Welcome to Nevada Newsmakers, coming to you from the Ahern Hotel in Las Vegas. On the broadcast today, an exclusive interview with Governor of the Great State of Nevada, Joe Lombardo, for the whole show on an all-new Nevada Newsmakers. All right. It's not quite 60 minutes, but, you know, in its own way, it's better. Really? Right. And he's doing what he's supposed to be doing there. Joe Lombardo. Right. Not auditioning on the national stage. He's hanging with that guy in the hotel room. Um, and it's kind of, you know, it, it, it's it's bare bones. Right. And that's the way it should be. Actually, Tick, the, the interviewer, by the way, is not wearing uh, shoes. <laughs> he's wearing sneakers. Come on. He's the governor for crying out loud. That's OK. 
What's not okay is all this stuff uh, about optics, about what somebody looks like, what somebody, I don't know, their resume, which is good for them, not necessarily good for the people. And yeah, when it comes to race, being white is somehow just not hip at all, right? I submit that youth and race is why the man on the left is being celebrated and the man on the right is being ignored. Although, you know what? That is pro probably makes him a better governor in the long run. It'll make him a better governor. And if you think I'm being too sensitive about this race stuff, anti-white, take a look at this. which is too male, too pale, and too stale. Well, you see, right? Pale, male, and stale. Wow, we're so lame. But some of us get the job done, no matter what we look like. You know, too much about the outside, not enough on what's the inside. All right, good luck to both governors, and I'll be right back. All right, so Tim Scott no longer running for president. He dropped out. Just wasn't, you know, the campaign wasn't going anywhere. It was inevitable, really. It was coming. But I think it was doomed from the start. Did you know that he was appointed to the Senate by Nikki Haley? Yeah, she gave him this huge opportunity. It is um, with great pleasure that I am announcing um, that I am appointing our next U.S. Senator to be Congressman Tim Scott. Hey. Uh, you see, there was a vacancy and the governor gets to appoint. I don't think that's right that he ran against Nikki Haley. I just don't think, I, uh, no. And actually, I don't think it's right that Nikki Haley is running for president. Uh, Donald Trump gave her huge opportunities. And what did she promise not to do? She promised not to run against Trump. Have you ever seen this clip? He still has a lot of popularity. If he runs again in 2024, will you support him? Yes. If he decides that he's going to run, would that preclude any sort of run that you would possibly make yourself? I would not run if President Trump ran. How about that? Went back on her word. Tim Scott did something. I think that was disloyal as well. Maybe she'll be out of the race soon, too. I think that was a bad move. All right. Loyalty still counts, right? Marianne Trump Barry, President Trump's sister, um, died at the age of 86 today. Don't have too many more details. She was a federal judge. And you can see she seemed uh, very close to Donald Trump. And uh, I'm sorry that this happened. Um, you know, and it, it's kind of a reminder that Donald Trump is not going to live forever. I, I know he's not going to live forever, but his sister's dead at the age of 86. Donald Trump is 78. And right now, for me, it's almost hard to imagine America without Donald Trump. I don't know if you have that situation as well, but it is, um, it's a reminder that he's, he's going to be with us someday. Anyway, I hope the Trump family is doing well. Um, our condolences and Mary Ann Trump Barry lived a great, big, full American life dead at the age of 86. Rest in peace, and we'll be right back. This breaking news just in with a source confirming to CNN that the FBI has seized New York City Mayor Eric Adams' phones and an iPad of his in part of its federal corruption investigation. You know, the story was first broken by the New York Times, leaked 
We believe by the Biden administration that Eric Adams is in big trouble. Not been arrested, but they kind of went out of their way <laughs> to let the world know that the FBI is uh, stopping him on the street and taking his iPhone and cell phone. Uh, well, look, we think that the guy is pretty weird, has been for a long time. This is a great city, and I'm the Biden of Brooklyn. I do the boogaloo. I salsa. I'm a black man. That's the mayor. Every day in the police department, I kick those crackers ass. Don't stand in front like you're treating someone that's on the plantation that you own. One of my best gifts, as you know, marijuana is legal. I have bamboo. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. That's just what the kids need. A message from the mayor. Smoke dope. Uh, there he is with Joe Biden. They look all happy and chummy, but they are not. There's all kinds of tension behind the scenes. Uh, take a look at this headline. It's been documented by the left-leaning media. The breakup. Biden and Adams avoid each other in New York. That's from uh, several months ago. This tension has been percolating for a while, but uh, where are we right now? Let's bring in our experts. Congressman Peter King, retired. The former congressman from New York, Long Island. Homeland security expert. Nobody knows politics like him. And Bernie Carrick, of course, the former New York City police commissioner. Welcome to you both. Uh, congressman King, first to you. I, I just think they're trying to send Eric Adams a big message here somehow. They went out of their way to let the world know that the FBI stopped and frisked him, so to speak. Yeah, uh... First, it's great to be with you and Bernie, Greg. It really is. Uh, this goes way beyond Eric Adams. This, to me, is a terrible abuse of power by the FBI. Listen, we can have different feelings about Eric Adams or it could be anybody else. The fact is that unless you're a violent criminal, unless you're trying to escape, unless there's some uh, chemical weapon involved, unless there's some a threat of violence, the FBI should not be stopping the mayor of the city of New York, taking his phones. I mean, this is this violates me. All protocols would have existed. Uh, until recent years. This is done solely to intimidate. Whatever they have on Eric Adams, there was no need for them to act the way they did. This, to me, was abuse of power. It's meant to intimidate him, the people around him, and also to send a signal that, as I see it, this this would not have been done to, say, to, uh, to Hunter Biden, put it that way. Mm. This is a... Uh, uh, Eric Adams has made the quote-unquote mistake of taking on the Biden administration. He's a Democrat doing that on the immigration issue. And I think they've had enough of Eric Adams, and they're going to use the police power against him, which to me is terrible. If they're investigating a crime, there's no need for them to use these tactics and also to be then uh, going to the home of the former fire commissioner. Uh, this to me is just uh, heavy-handed police state Gestapo-type tactics. You know, um, I so thoroughly dislike this mayor, and he lacks integrity, and he set out to kind of... Uh, basically give everybody in the police department a hard time when he was a police officer. So uh, I don't have much sympathy, but I think you're on to something, Congressman King. Uh, how do you feel, Commissioner? You know what, Greg? Uh, I, I don't like him either. Uh, I don't like what he's done to the city. Um, but, you know, I had hoped he would have done a much, much better job. However, I 100 percent, a thousand percent agree with Congressman King. Um, the FBI... Uh, sent a message, you know, you want to, you know, you want to go against the Biden administration. We're going to show you who has the power. You know, the, the whole tactic of hitting this girl's house when he was showing up at the White House, um, stopping him leaving an event publicly, leaving an event, uh, basically seizing his phones and his iPad. Uh, leaking information to the New York Times. This is done to intimidate, 
harass, send a signal, send a message. And, um, you know, this is something I, I have to say, given what they've done to others, what I've seen them do to what we've all seen them do to others. I'd be extremely concerned if I was him. Sure. You know, Eric Adams does get, I think, too much credit for taking on the Biden administration about immigration. He's hapless. He's just looking for the next headline. He has not handled the immigration crisis well at all. That said, uh, yeah, you want to arrest the mayor? Great. Great. But as part of an investigation to do this, it does seem like like a stunt and like a message. Um, how do we reel them in? I mean, the FBI, they're, <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised they aren't a bit more chastened, uh, Congressman, after Peter Strzok, after Lisa Page, after all the, their screw-ups. They're still acting with this swagger, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah I've always had in the past the greatest respect for the FBI. They're a great law enforcement institution. I know there's been sometimes occasional crises, disputes between them and the NYPD. But overall, in the past, they've had a good record. And in recent years, though, what's gone on with Strzok and the whole thing with Comey, Jim Comey, what, you know, the abuses that he carried out against President Trump, where they leaked information out, there was they leaked false information out. Uh, this is, uh, and they, they started an investigation that had no legal basis at all and went nowhere, but yet almost destroyed the president's reputation. Right. Now, I think the only way is more congressional hearings and hopefully elect a Republican president with a Republican Congress and really clamp down on this, really bring it all out. Get an FBI director in there who's willing to stand up to that bureaucracy, who's willing to weed it out, put it back on, on the right path. There's a real job for the FBI to do. We're in dangerous shape with terrorism, with Hamas, with Hezbollah. I mean, Bernie knows yeah. more than anyone. You know, the situation we have in New York City, we have to have support from the FBI, and we're not getting it. Just a couple of seconds, Commissioner. Uh, this also has the added benefit of giving them cover. The Biden administration, as you see here, we're going after Democrats. It's not just Republicans. Um, I I tell you, it is amazing. You know, they've done this investigation. They're in in the middle of this for about a year now. Um, They're subpoenaing people. They're interviewing people. They're showing up at people's houses. This crypto kid, uh, the cryptocurrency kid, six months charged, indicted, convicted. He's going to prison. Six months. They can't do anything with Hunter Biden now for, I don't know, five <laughs> years, six years. So you know, it's amazing. Drain that swamp. Commissioner, thank you very much. And Congressman, thank you. To be continued, Great. you bet, sir. And I'll be right thank back. Thank you. Good see you. <laughs> That's my three-year-old Annalise on her first hippity hop. <laughs> What do they call those things? I, a, a hippity hop. Anyway, uh, I just love her so much, and I have a feeling you find her rather cool, too. Uh, look, folks, have you gotten Newsmax Plus? If you have cable and satellite TV, you don't really have to get it. You already have access to everything. But if you don't have a cable arrangement or a satellite TV arrangement, you really should get Newsmax Plus. Go to NewsmaxPlus.com. It's free. And if you opt to get it, it's it's like five bucks. It's not for a month. It's very, very inexpensive. You get Newsmax 2. You get the main Newsmax. You get these great shows and you get archival footage. You get some of the specials that I did with Trump a while back. Great, great stuff. We'd really appreciate it. OK, thank you. This is stuff costs money to put all this stuff on. And it's a pleasure and a passion. But we need your support. Thank you. Newsmaxplus.com. It'll take you right through it. And I'll see you tomorrow.